You're listening to the Chasing Simple Podcast, episode 26. Welcome, sweet friend. I know that there are a lot of podcasts that you could be listening to right now, and I'm so grateful that you've chosen this one to tune into. And I'm really excited for you because this episode is so good. You might be someone who absolutely hates launching, or maybe you love the adrenaline rush, but you hate the stress. Or maybe you've never actually gone through one out of fear. Fear of imperfection, of it not going the way you'd hoped, of not having the timing just right, there can be a lot of reasons to fear launching if you allow yourself to. Today, I'm joined by Aaliyah Walker to talk all about launches and more specifically, how you can simplify your launches in order to negate some of that launch month stress. Aaliyah is an email marketing copywriter who helps creatives turned educators create marketing strategies for their digital products. Sometimes it looks like developing 50 plus page launch playbooks, and sometimes it looks like configuring the back end in order to ensure a smooth experience for her clients and their customers. She's committed to helping her clients scale in a way that creates less stress and more sales because she doesn't believe in waiting until you're old and gray to live your life. A creative writing major turned web developer with a few stops in between, Aaliyah's found a way to blend her love of words and tech skills to create experiences that move customers and clients into action and that equals profits in your pocket so that you can spend more time serving your people, building your dream business, and your dream life. When she's not knee-deep in spreadsheets, Airtable, or Google Analytics, she's probably talking herself out of buying plant number 21. And today, she's going to share about launch burnout and avoidance, how exactly she's worked to simplify her launches, her recommendations for basic foundations you should have in your business, And she's even breaking down two of her launches for us to compare and learn from. I'm so excited to share this one with you. So let's go ahead and dive in. How do I run a successful business from my home? How can I possibly wear all of the hats? Am I the only one that struggles with staying organized? What am I supposed to do about work-life balance? How can I create a solid schedule and routine? How do I even stay productive? And the biggest question of all, how do I manage it all? And can I really create a business that I love without being chained to my laptop? Welcome to the Chasing Simple Podcast, where hard conversations and actionable education meet simplicity. I'm your host, Amanda Warfield, time management coach, online educator, and crazy cat mama. My mission is to help overwhelmed biz owners get more done in less time so that they have more time and energy for what matters most. If you feel overwhelmed or occasionally lost in the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship, I want you to know that you aren't alone. Those things you're feeling, you aren't the first or the last to feel that way. The hard things you're going through, someone else has already been there too. Each week, I'll bring you transparent conversations, actionable steps, and a judgment-free community to encourage and equip you. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever your drink of choice is, and meet me here each week for love, support, practical tips, and advice on simplifying your biz. Let's do this entrepreneurship thing together, shall we? Hey there, I'm popping in really quick to ask for your help. If you haven't already, would you mind leaving a rating and review for the Chasing Simple podcast? See, ratings and reviews are really important in the life of a podcast because it tells your podcast player that people are listening to and enjoying this show, which means that this show will get put in front of a wider audience. Not only that, but I love to read the encouraging words from listeners, especially on those hard days of entrepreneurship. If you felt encouraged by this show, I would love to hear about it. So please go leave a rating and review if you haven't already. It would really mean the world to me.
Hi, Leah. I'm so excited to have you on, and I'm really excited about our topic today. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me first. Um, I am an email marketing copywriter. I work with creatives, current educators, to help them create marketing strategies for their digital products. Yeah, I, I help people who uh, are really great at something and they're moving into scale where they're wanting to teach more people or reach more people at one time um, and just help them create strategies around that that are like, go from like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start to like, oh, cool. This is the steps. These are the fun. This is the funnel. I think. Yeah. And a big part of email marketing and funnels is launching, which I'm so excited. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, but mm-hmm. I think that what you're going to cover today is such an important part of launching that yeah. gets dismissed all the time. And we don't, we just think that this is normal. So we'll just dive in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your relationship with launching and what that was like when you first started doing it? Yeah. So um, I've been running business for four, a little, a little bit over four years now. Um, not sure what time of year it is. So I have to think about that before I answer these questions. But yeah. <laughs> Um, and when I first started, there's this mentality, there were not a lot of people launching. There were definitely bigger names and there was such a big, it felt really heavy. It felt like something that you have to go all in. You got to do all the things, show up all the places, talk about things for months and, and, you know, and that kind of mentality about it. Um, there was also this culture that people were okaying of like, it's launch week. So I haven't brushed my hair or my teeth or bathe or eat anything other than Chick-fil-A nuggets. And like, don't blame Chick-fil-A on you on anything like that. Like if you want to eat Chick-fil-A, do it. I, I encourage, you know, that's who you are. I encourage you to do so, but like, don't blame, I can't do anything else, but like, grab these five nuggets or whatever. There's just like the idea of like, it has to be hard. It has to be stressful. And if it's not, that's why you didn't have a good launch. And like, I walked into that. I played into that as well, just because I didn't even think about there's another possibility, which I think comes up so often. Um, we started our businesses because we didn't want to work corporate jobs or nine to five, or we didn't want to like play small. Um, we felt like we had a bigger impact. And so when it comes into the physical things you do in your business, um, it's easy to forget that because we're like, I'm already doing something outrageous anyway. I can't like break the mold of the thing that I'm doing new, um, which is not true. So that's where I was in the beginning thinking like, it had to be massive and it had to hurt to be, to be worth it. I think what ends up happening so often is that we start our businesses and because there's so much for us to do and so many hats to wear that we just, in a lot of ways, take things for granted when someone who is bigger than us says, this is how it is. You're like, okay, that's how yeah. it is. And you really have to get into things to start thinking on your own again and think, okay, wait, it doesn't have to be this way. But I'm curious what happened for you to reach that point and to say, there's got to be a better way than this. I don't know if it was, it was definitely around the time that I made a shift from, I um, quit my job as to be a web developer. That's what I had spent a couple of years working on and that's what I was doing. Um, but my heart was actually in writing. And I started an email list and realized I loved writing for that more than anything else. And I'm like, hello, you spent this whole four years in college getting this um, English degree, maybe use it. So (laughs) when I started making a transition to what I actually wanted to do, what I really loved, I'm like, it does not have to hurt. Like, I want this to feel good or I'm going to be burned out and end up needing to go somewhere else again. Um, So I think that shift 
made me feel like, all right, it is okay to really, really build a business that you want. Um, not just on paper, but like actually in practice. The, this whole idea of really living into who we are and what we love and the gifts we've been given has been coming up mm-hmm. all week long on all the interviews I'm doing. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here yeah. for it. Did you have any kind of launch that just like, okay, I know for me, I've had launches that just broke me where I overdid things. And I, like you said, like it was totally on me. It's not, it's not launch week. It's that I was putting too much pressure on myself, you know, but was there one specific launch for you that just kind of sticks out in your mind as this was the final straw? So it was really more like I kept pushing back a launch because I felt like I wasn't doing enough and I was in the uh, good problem phase of having a lot of work and a lot of clients and stuff. And so it was just really easy to like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to think about the thing that I said I wanted to do. I'm just going to keep on um, like being in the weeds with things and working in my business versus on my business. Um, And it just got really easy to push it aside because I thought all of these things had to happen. And then I'm looking at, I'm looking in the space in the calendar where it's supposed to be like my launch is supposed to be happening this week, but I was supposed to have done like 16 weeks worth of things to lead up and I've done zero of them. And I'm like, oh crap, I really could actually be launching this because three people asked me about this last week. Um, but I don't have anything because I just felt like, all right, if I can't do a thousand percent, then I can't do anything. And it's not that I wanted to have a launch that was like not as meaningful and it it doesn't have to be that way. It's just that I thought I had to do everything scratch, do everything really big. Um, and that's not the case, like whatsoever. So yeah. What have you, I mean, obviously you've launched since then, but what have you done to simplify essentially yeah. and to make it less stressful and to get really intentional about your launches? Um, I'm super evergreen with a lot of things. So I have, um, like I have standard emails that go out. They're twists and tweaks everything depending on what it is. And um, some of them are bigger than others. Um, But I make sure that I'm very, I I make sure that that part of it, when it comes to like writing sales pages, creating emails, the thing that I actually do, that that's really together. And that's really easy for me to clone and update. And I can spend more time being present, more time showing up, like doing things like this. Like, you know, I have to carve time out of my day to do podcast episodes. Whereas like if I'm in full on lunch mode, um, sometimes it's too hard to add things like that in um, or to think I need to do 30 of them versus, you know, the five that are right. So because you think you have to be big and big and everywhere and like it's only important if, you know, your values match up and it's it's helpful, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it really it's getting something very, very streamlined as far as the actual launch portion of it and then dedicating my time to showing up in ways um, in the proper places. So Mm -hmm. I don't take every opportunity. I just take the right ones. And because I can like, I've allowed myself to say no, um, I've given myself so much more freedom and then just had bigger launches after one after the other. Those boundaries are so important. Yeah. So do you recommend, or at least for in your own business, I guess I should say, in your own business, are you pretty much pro evergreen for almost everything? And then you just kind of launch when something first gets put out, when you first create something? Or how does that work for you? Yeah, I'm pretty much pro evergreen for as much as possible. Like I have things that are running all the time. And when it comes to launching something that's new, like my project, The Hill Creatives, um, I launched the first time and the second time around, I have a lot of things in place so that 
now I can move myself to being more visible. Um, so when it comes and then it's also, you know, don't have 17 new things all the time. Uh, I have a couple of things going on. And so first time I go really hard and get it together. Um, but the next time I'm not redoing all that work. It's really about staying present and staying visible. And that is where you can, if you have your back end already set up, um, that's where, that's where it works. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the simplicity that it's so important to, yeah, to be able yeah. to show up well on launch week. I am very pro. The only thing you should be doing during launch week is showing up. Yeah. So if you're trying yeah. to do more than that, you're doing too much. Which, yeah. Like I don't particularly love writing emails the week of, like I will find myself in there tweaking things, of course, but like, I don't, love doing that. And I make it that I don't have to, um, cause I am more stressed when that's something that has to happen. Um, but yeah, if you can prep it, prep it. Yeah. Why don't you tell everyone what the Hills creative is real yeah. quick, just so they know. Yeah. The Hill Creatives is a directory for black creatives to help connect us to people and brands ready to hire us. Um, I started it in June of this year, June of 2020. One of the things that happened after George Floyd was murdered is that like America woke up to, you know, the things that black people have known our whole lives, the racial injustices in this country. Um, and I found myself like drowning in content and scrolling and that wasn't really helpful for me or anybody. So I wanted to do something that was going to last longer than a new cycle. And a lot of black creatives were getting a lot more followers and people were like, Hey, I want to know what you do. And the thing is like, yes, you want to know about us, know what it is that we do, but we've been doing it for a long time. So why don't we go ahead and introduce you to all of that, that stuff versus like starting from scratch with every relationship because we have receipts, we've been working just like everyone else has, just like we're all getting to know each other. So that's how I created the directory. And it's been really helpful to a lot of people who are looking for people to hire, but also for opportunities like this and speaking on summits um, and just finding new educators. Because I find that if we use the same educators, the same contractors all the time, like everyone's going to be a carbon copy of everyone else. And that's not what any of us want. So um, that's where the directory comes comes about. And like people are wanting to build more inclusive teams and sell to more inclusive communities has to happen in the back end. Um, your team has to as well be diverse and inclusive. So that's why the directories happen. And I'm just so thrilled with the support that we received so far in our first two rounds. And uh, I'm just thrilled to keep it going. I love the mission behind it. And I am, it's so great. And the reason I'm asking and bringing that up is one, everyone should know about it. But two, I watched you launch it the first time and now you're going through that again. And I'm curious, what specifically have you done differently with that first launch? Because obviously you're creating all of the things the first go round. How did yeah. that first one compare to this one now that, I mean, you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you've done a lot of launches, this isn't new for you. So what did you do differently this go round to continue to simplify and streamline? And how did you set yourself up to do that with the first one, I guess? The first one, um, I have to, I have to talk, say, talk about tonight. Uh, that is the person I partnered with in the first, in the first launch, um, of the Asmara agency. And she, she built the whole site, but she also is a brand strategist. So she really helped me with that. That was such an amazing part of it is getting 
all the branding, all the messaging, having our mission and values together so that I can say them um, clearly because like they make sense to me and they make sense to someone else. So that was the biggest thing that happened in round one is getting all of that together. Um, I did not as much outreach as I uh, wanted to just because I was doing a lot of other things, but gratefully I had a lot of people around me who helped with that and helped bring in new creatives, helped bring in allies. Um, so I wasn't as much hands-on in that as I was getting together our branding and messaging. And uh, that was that's really important for it to some, be something that lasts longer than a couple of weeks. So this time around, I am doing a lot. I'm showing up really is what it is. So I'm speaking a lot more about it on podcast episodes and summits. Um, and then also I'm doing more outreach. So I'm able to get more support from allies at this point. Uh, I have some really, I have some really cool donations and things that are coming through and just stuff that I literally didn't have time for. And also like it wasn't proven to work. So now we have a little bit more street cred, um, but really I'm doing more of the showing up. So I'm like just digging more roots in to where like each round is going to be simpler and simpler and simpler. But yeah, like I have a lot of, I have like, I have the, the, the bones of everything together. Everything looks really good. Everything works really well. Um, I know what kinks I had last time. So now it's just a lot more reach so that can impact more people, more businesses. I'm pretty sure you threw it together and I say threw it together, yeah. but I don't mean that in a negative connotation, but like you threw it together really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was three weeks from like, I, I sent tonight a DM. I was like, Hey, is this cool? Is it, is a thing that's cool? And she's like, yeah. And then we had a three hour phone call a couple days later. And then three weeks after that, it was live. Very so I don't recommend it. <laughs> Let me put that out there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what's great about that is earlier you made the comment that you didn't like this whole idea of you have to build up for forever and you were putting it off because you weren't spending all that pre-launch time. I love that that's just further permission to put it out there. And you also, in all of that, gave permission to build on it every time. You don't have to have the whole launch go exactly as your ideal launch would be the first time you launch something, but you can get the bones. And then with each launch, you can build on it and continue to simplify because you don't want to get crazy, but you can build on it and do more with it and more with it with each launch. And yeah, I love that. Yeah. And then also like, if I didn't already have a lot of stuff together and processes together, I couldn't have done that in three weeks. And this is a time sensitive thing. And, and those things come up in your business and you have to pivot. Like we saw when, when uh, coronavirus hit, like we had to change a lot of our messaging that was like, go to Starbucks and hang out or go do this. And like a lot of that had to switch overnight. And then um, when George Floyd was murdered, a lot of our messaging as well had to switch overnight. When we saw how companies were treating um, employees during coronavirus and laying them off overnight, we had to like be more sensitive to things. Uh, so if you don't have your stuff together, when these like big things happen in the world, which apparently they're going to continue to happen, you can't, <laughs> you can't pivot. You can't, it's, it's really hard to do stuff like that. Um, but yeah. You know, if I, and I had other stuff in my business together. Again, if I was like in the weeds with all of that, I couldn't have done something like this. What advice do you have for, because I'm all about simplicity. I'm all about being really intentional with your time. What Mm -hmm. advice do you have for the listeners to make that space in your business so that you can do those things? What kind of things do you recommend making sure that you have in place so that these pivots are easier when 2020 keeps throwing things at us? Yeah. 
Um, so first, always have something set up where someone can give you some form of money. So like you can always have income coming in, whether that is having um, a client management system like HoneyBook or something with messages sent out if you're strictly a service provider with like all that funnel built up. Um, it's whether it's having that or if you sell digital products, having your welcome sequence and that funnel set up so that you know that if, if you know, push comes to shove, you do have things that you're doing that are helping to bring stuff like that in. Um, the other bit is just really have processes down. So if you have SOPs or something like that, if you just have a wiki or if you have like an Asana, like with different boards, just having some kind of back end together so that you know that, all right, when this thing happens, this happens. So that is always going to be helpful, especially if you're thinking about like inviting somebody in to help you um, or hiring, having all of that together is always going to be super beneficial. And even if it's just for you, again, it's super beneficial not to start from scratch every time. Um, I love to document everything. Mm -hmm. So, all right, I know that this worked, so I can do it again. I can iterate it this again, or I know that like this process straight up did not, or I'm never doing this. I'm never selling anything like this again. I want to document why it's not happening. Um, so getting, getting into that process is just going to make things more streamlined. It's going to make things easier and it's going to feel a lot more doable. Uh, but something about like writing things out on paper or in a Google doc makes it more real. Um, but like really having your back end together is like the best piece of advice for not being hectic and crazy and not feeling like you're have to do every single thing um, at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And I find that so often when I write down these workflows of the things, mm -hmm. especially the things that I'm naturally doing that I think, oh, I don't need to write that down because it just comes like, it's normal. I do it all the time. I find that a lot of times those are the ones that I especially need to write down and yeah. put in a Trello board because my clients could use it or yeah. my students could find it really useful because it's the stuff I'm teaching on. So a lot of times I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't need to, like, I'm a pro. But then when my clients are like, oh, your, your content board on Trello, is that something that you could share with me? And having it written down, it's like, okay, well, yeah, here you go. Easy yeah. to get it off versus I guess I have to create that process now. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Like I have a, a welcome sequence guide and I walk you through how to do all of the things and my thought processes behind it. And that was nice. Um, but then I threw together a Google Doc that breaks down like section by section, what I put inside of each email and some of it, is, and most of it's plug and play. You can just like drop in what makes sense to you. And like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, I don't have to think anymore. I can just get it done as aware. Like it was abstract before, but now it's very concrete and I can just do it. You would be surprised how much that happens in your own business. Like anyone listening as well. Uh, like things that are done to you are like amazing and, and groundbreaking to someone else. And so often, yeah, like you said, you write it out, you figure out, oh, this, this is a system that I've created in my mind yeah. that I didn't know was a thing. Yeah. And it's like the whole idea of you learn when you teach others. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's the same kind of thing when you're writing it down and trying to figure out how to teach someone how to do it. It concretes what you're doing. Like you said, it was abstract and now you've got step-by-step, step, oh, this is, this is replicable. I can do this. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you find like, maybe I'm doing an extra step or two yeah. that's not necessary as well. So um, it sounds hard, but like, think about whether it's like a lull or something that you have in business or life, or maybe you decide I'm going to take Friday afternoons and I'm just going to work on my business versus in it. 
uh, if you really set aside that time, you're going to see that it shows up for you again and again. Mm-hmm. Which all of my listeners know that I am very pro batch schedules. So you should have an admin day <laughs> and you should have a day set into your schedule to do this. Yeah. 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 For sure. Oh, Leah, this has been so great. If you could give everyone one action step to take this week in order to let go of launch week stress, what would it be? Um, it would be to go ahead and this is a tricky one. Like, what is the one thing? Where did I start? <laughs> um, I think for me, it was easy to start with like outlining the email steps that I would go through, like the kind of journey that I wanted to take some people that I wanted to take people on. Cause that's something that I repeat over and over. And I think for you, it's finding your similar thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, th- what is one thing that is always consistent in your launches? Um, is it how you show up on social? Is it like the contractors that you need to hire to bring on to make life easier? Whatever that one thing is that like, without this, it would not work. Um, like streamline that process and start there. Like the thing that you know really well, you know the best. I think mm-hmm. that's a, the best place for you to start. Awesome. Also guys, we keep kind of touching on the genius that Aaliyah is with mm-hmm. welcome sequences and things like that. Mm-hmm. I will link to a freebie she has that I've downloaded and used in the show notes because we didn't really get to touch on that today because we were talking about launch week stuff, but mm-hmm. that is how I found Aaliyah was talking about email marketing and uh, yeah. Phenomenal. So I'll link to that freebie. You guys should check it out. Okay. So I like to end every episode with a book recommendation. Mm. It can be business, but it doesn't have to be. All books are welcome here. Um, What would be one book you'd recommend everyone? Oh my gosh. Um, I can give two. I'll give two. (laughs) So there is one um, marketing book that I absolutely love. I'm going to grab it. It's called Traction, How Any Startup Can Achieve Explosive Customer Growth. Uh, I love it just because it it helps you look at all the different things in marketing and the different ways you can go about it. Um, And especially in the back section where it breaks down ways that you can like literally like step-by-step how to do things. Uh, And as small business owners, we think that there's like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, that's as far as our marketing can go. And that's really not. Um, So I want you to, I, I like... I challenge you to dig into this and find something that's really meaningful. That's going to helpful for your business. And like, if you can do something that is scalable and slightly different than what other people are doing, then you can really um, make some, some inroads and places like be early adopter and something. I think that's an amazing thing to look at. Um, And one of my favorite books from growing up was probably, let's see, I was a, I was definitely an English nerd as well growing up. Uh, Toni Morrison, The Bluest Eye. I just feel Mm -hmm. like it's such a great look at, um, through a little girl's eyes uh, of what's, and it's really relevant to what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's a great look at, um, just a great book to get into. And like, if you haven't read Toni Morrison yet, I feel like it's one of those like should should do in, in life kind of things mm-hmm. um, just because she's an amazing person and, and was an amazing person. So yeah, those are my two. Awesome. I just added that one to my library list actually. So I'll have to move it up. And I will have, again, I'll have all your links and you okay. guys can head to the show notes and get all the places to find Aaliyah. But what would you say is like the number one place that they should look for you? Yeah. So, um, Instagram is probably where I hang out the most DMS. Feel free to DM me, ask away. Uh, I'm Miss Aaliyah. M S A L E I A is where you can find me on Instagram. And of course my website, um, which you'll end up on if you go ahead and download that freebie. Yeah. 
All right. Thank you so much, Aaliyah, for coming on. I think this was a much needed conversation and I'm, I'm really excited for everyone to hear it. Brianna, thanks so much for having me. It was really fun to be here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me here today, friend. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a rating and review. This is a great way to help spread the word about this podcast and help other wonderful women like yourself find it. You can find this episode's show notes as well as tons of other great resources over at amandawarfield.com. And if you aren't following me on Instagram yet, I'd love to connect with you over there. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield. Shoot me a DM and tell me what you love most about this episode. Thanks for being here, friend. I'll see you next time.